Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you today. I'm seeing a lot of smiles. I, I thought you were smiling under your mask, but now I can really tell. A lot of you, I can see the smiles. And uh, we want you to feel comfortable. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. We want you to feel comfortable. We're so glad you're here. Hello to everybody watching online. There's room here. I can still see a few empty seats if you want to come and join us here uh, together in the house. But, you know, we're deep in a series now, and uh, we're stepping into the third chapter of this one particular chunk of teaching that Jesus gave called the Sermon on the Mount. It stretches from chapter 5 of Matthew all the way through chapter 7. So we're now entering chapter 7, and I'm, I'm excited to share with you. I'm actually going to preach a message about prayer. You know, we've been practicing prayer all morning. We've been singing songs that declare God's truth. We've been praying prayers and uh, believing that God's hearing us, but I want to talk about prayer. You know, I think it's important to understand that the disciples were inspired when they watched Jesus pray. You know, there was something about the way that he connected with his father. There's something about the way that he looked to heaven, something about the power that he walked in when he emerged from prayer. It was as if the radiance of God flowed so beautifully through him as he would spend time with his father. And out of all of the things that Jesus did, I think we can, it's true that prayer brought peace into his life that was a blessing to him and to others, but prayer also brought power into his life. And that power showed up in his preaching. That power showed up in his miracles. That power showed up in his teaching and mentoring. And that power is what gave him the courage to endure the cross for you and me. Can we say thank you to Jesus for that. But in the midst of all of that, the disciples watched all of these things and they didn't ask Jesus, Jesus, teach us to do miracles, even though they saw all kinds of miracles. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to preach. Man, you're a good preacher. No, no. What did they say? They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. There's something tremendous about your connection to the Father. Would you teach us, Lord, how to pray? So in our text today, we're going to look at one thing that Jesus taught them about prayer in Matthew chapter 7. And, and for many of us, we do want to pray. We want to feel like we're connecting with God. We feel moved in our hearts. We, we see stuff going on in the world. We want to pray about that. We, we say, God, here I am. Use me. We want to connect with God. And one way that Jesus taught his disciples to pray is in Matthew 7. And it says this, ask, good place to start, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And then Jesus continues with the next verse. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And so there's these three elements that Jesus refers to twice. Ask, seek, knock. And for some of us, this is a familiar passage. What happens when we hear familiar passages? 
That's what happens. Like, honestly, it probably happened to you. Oh, ask, seek, knock. I know that one. And somehow you're like, there's a bird, right? It, it's, it, I don't know why this happens to us, but hear Jesus as an invitation to his followers. Ask, seek, knock. Hear him. Hear him say that to you again, because if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. And, and so I see here a pattern. It's like rungs on a ladder. Asking, seeking, knocking. Asking is where we begin. You got to ask, right? You don't have because you don't ask, Jesus said, right? You got to ask. But it's more than asking. In fact, the Bible goes on here to say you must seek. In other words, there must be some effort, right? Asking is one thing. Looking is another. God, where's my shoe? Get off of your backside and look for it. We got to seek, right? God, help me find my keys. If you sit there and just meditate, you may not find them. But if you get up and look, you might find them, right? So there is some seeking that has to be done. And then what's this thing about knocking, except there's a persistence in that? Why do you knock? Because you're expecting the door to open at some point. What happens if when you knock, no one answers, but you can hear them in the house? You knock again. You knock until someone comes to the door. Jesus is saying, listen, ask plus effort plus persistence. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. That's really what this verse is all about. But Jesus makes some pretty bold claims, doesn't he? He says, if you ask, you'll receive. That's pretty bold. If you seek, you'll find. And if you knock, doors are going to open. I mean, this is a really bold promise that Jesus makes. And when we look back at the history of the Bible, we can see some really dramatic things that were actually like this. Like Joshua praying during a time of battle and saying, God, don't let the sun go down. And it didn't. And then, and then, of course, we've got other storylines. We've got Daniel in a den with hungry lions. And he says, hello, God help and the lions don't eat him. That's a miracle, right? Jonah who prays for God's help and he gets swallowed by a fish only to be delivered in a slimy state onto a beach and he's safe, right? And then some of us would say, yeah, but I pray and I don't think I get anything. (laughs) Some of us today would feel I've been failed by prayer. Prayer actually hasn't worked for me. I, I remember one time in particularly, Zach, you must have been about seven and Hannah was about nine. The two little ones weren't even around yet. And we went skiing on Mount Washington. And we had this old Plymouth um, van, minivan, the old one. And the tires were extremely bald. And we came down Mount Washington. And before we came down, we prayed We said, God, please help us get down the mountain safely. And as we come down the mountain, those bald tires didn't have enough traction to keep us on the road. And we went literally off the road into a snowbank and were tipped like this on the edge of the the road. And, and so literally we're sitting in the car and the kids are like, we prayed. They're crying. We prayed. And look what happened. Where's God in all of this? Woe is me. They tore their clothes, ashes on their head. Right? 
They were so upset. And I was like, oh man, what's going to happen here? So I literally climbed out through one of the back doors onto the road and started flagging down cars to see if we could get out of this predicament. I'm going to leave you there for just a moment. (laughs) Some of you can relate to that though. You have a loved one who was sick and you prayed and rather than them getting better, they passed away. Some of you have, have prayed for a child and prayed a long time. And instead of receiving that child, barrenness has persisted. For, for others of us, there's been prayers around like, I wish my parents wouldn't get divorced. But instead, it just got uglier and uglier and your prayer didn't seem to be answered. Or, or maybe for you, it was this person that you care about that you've been praying that they would come to know Jesus and yet they seem to be less and less interested in Jesus. Why is it, God, that you didn't answer my prayer? Is that a question that you've ever asked? Why didn't you answer my prayer? God, why? Where's the answer to my prayer? Listen, let me give you a few possibilities because Jesus said, ask, seek, knock, and we might be feeling like we've done the asking, done the seeking, done the knocking, but we're not getting an answer. And so why is that a possibility. Let me give you some context. Let me give you some options. And these are things just for you to try on, okay? Try them on into your experience, into your life. If God speaks something to you out of it, just hang on to it because it could really be something to help you. Maybe, just maybe, the reason why you're not getting an answer to the prayer that you're praying is because you have a broken relationship. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Did you know that your relationships with people affect your relationship with God? Truly, honestly, they do. They're connected. It's like my kids fighting in the back seat. I don't want to take them to Dairy Queen anymore after they're screaming at each other. Why? Because the way they treat each other matters to me. And so we might be saying, dad, take us to Dairy Queen. And we're, we're pinching our brother or smacking our sister. And all of a sudden dad goes, I just don't want to. It's possible that there's a relational issue. In fact, here's what the Bible says. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. This is Jesus talking. This sounds just like the one we read. But listen to the next verse. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. There is a connection between my prayer and my relationship to others. In fact, another place in the Bible, it says you can't love God and hate your brother. That's not okay. It matters how you get along. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, leave your worship, go be reconciled, and then come back and do your worship. It matters. And that, it's, like a, it's like we need space to be able to receive, you know? Like I can only, I can hold my Bible in my hand. I have one free hand. That's why I have a mic on today. If my hands are full, I'm in trouble. And it's like what, what this verse is encouraging us is to put down what's in your hands. Put down the grudge. Put down the unforgiveness. Put down the anger and the hostility. Why? So that you can have the freedom to receive. You want the answer, but you can't hold the answer if your hands are already full. And so think about this. You know, this (laughs) married relationships, not that Lisa and I ever argue, but in marriage relationships, there is this consistent place where we have to work out 
how we're doing with God because it's so integrated with how we're doing with our partner. Husbands, 1 Peter says, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Hold on now, nobody get mad at me. Weaker partner actually was speaking of the cultural reality that they lived in in ancient Israel. Um, Women were powerless and women were abused. And so Peter is saying, listen, it can't be so among believers. You need to treat her with respect, with consideration. And, and, and the reason why is because you're heirs together with the gracious gift of life that God has given us. So, the, and, and the point of this, the reason why you got to be careful here is because there's a danger. And the danger is that your prayers will actually be hindered. Wow. When I'm not in right relationship with people, my prayers are hindered. Not that Lisa and I ever argue, but there has been one time, it happened to be yesterday, (laughs) and we had an argument as I was on my, honestly, on my way to prayer. And we, and I sat down to pray, and how many of you know my prayers were hindered? Well, actually, they were all just directed at her. God. But do you understand what I'm saying? There's times where the relational dynamics are so at play that even the way we pray, God is going, come on now. Even the way we're praying, come on now. You got to get something right here before these prayers are going to be like incense in the nostrils of God. They're going to come up to God and he's going to say, that's a prayer that I can work with now. And so... Maybe it's a relational challenge. Maybe one of the reasons why you're not getting an answer to your prayer is because you have wrong motives. We talked at length about motives just a few weeks ago, so I don't really want to spend a lot of time on motive, but you know, Jesus had a half-brother. His name was James, and James spoke about motives in regard to prayer, and here's what he said. When you ask, isn't it cool? That's the same thing that Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. When you ask, I can just hear James butting in. You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Ouch. Kind of stings a little bit. So that's why God has never let me win the lottery. Seriously, I've been praying my whole, no, actually I haven't been praying my whole life to win the lottery, but you get what I'm saying. It's like the Pharisees, they were praying in front of people. Oh, look how spiritual I am. They received their reward in full. There was no reward from God, right? And so our motives can be off. Lord, bless my business, but I have no intention of blessing your kingdom with what you bless my business with. Or, or God, I just pray that you'd, you would help me make it big. Make it big, Lord. I've got stars in my eyes, right? I mean, I'm looking, Lord, just a million followers in Jesus' name, Right? You know, you can kind of get into this place where where the prayers are about my promotion, about my job, about my team winning, about the Seahawks not trading Russell Wilson. The Lord did not hear our prayers. Maybe we have wrong motives. Okay, bless me, God, bless me. And you know, honestly, can I just... Just with love, like, I'm like you. We're, we're the same. We want to serve God, working it out. I have blind spots. I can't always see my motive. 
And that's why I even have to take my motive to God and say, God, are my motives right in these prayers? I I like what Proverbs says. It says, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, right? Like, come on, God, you know my heart, right? But motives are weighed by the Lord. So I need to actually take my motives to God and say, I'm praying here, but I hope my motives are right. Lord, I submit them to you. I could be wrong. My perspective could be wrong. My orientation could be wrong. And, and maybe why I'm not receiving an answer to my prayer is because my motives are wrong. But maybe, maybe part of it is a belief issue. Maybe I just don't really believe that God will do it. I mean, even when we read this verse, yeah, ask and, it, uh, and you'll receive, seek and you'll find it. Yeah, yeah. That's about a five out of 10 on my belief scale, right? Like we can literally have a crisis of belief, not being able to believe. There was this man in the Bible whose son was really sick and, and, and he couldn't speak and, and he, he had all these outbursts and, 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 and he would throw himself into the fire and, and he, he was so, so uh, torn up inside and, 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 and Jesus needed to deliver him and to heal him. And so Jesus comes in to this situation and there's arguments going on about this boy who's still obviously having trouble. And the man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, will you, will you heal my son? And, and, and these are the words he, he uses. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And it's like, I can see Jesus with a big smile on his face kind of going like, sorry, what? What was that? Because the next thing he says is, if you can, almost like, can I just point something out to you? If I can, I'm Jesus, son of God, come, deliver. I do miracles. It's why I'm, if, if I can. And then Jesus goes on here and says, everything is possible for him who believes. And then I love the response of this man. And this is the thing about Jesus. This is why I know Jesus had a smile on his face. This wasn't a shame on you for being unbelieving. This was an invitation. Because the next thing that this man says is, Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. I I want to believe. Help me. And I want you to know that's an okay prayer for you to pray. God, I I believe, but help me in those places where belief is hard. Help me when I, like, when I hear you say this, Jesus, you say, ask, seek, knock. I, I struggle because of what's happened in my past. I'm not sure if I'm able to believe, like my kids sitting in the car while we're over the ditch going, ah, where's Jesus in this one? Interesting story back in uh, 2013, there was um, a church that had, you know, kind of this like frontage on the road. It was a, a church, it was a small church, but they really valued the being able to see the uh, road and the cars go by. And here we are, the church, they put out their sign, come to our church or whatever. And right in front of them, um, this guy bought the property and built a huge bar and a massive parking lot right in front of it, and put up his sign, and, you know, and, and they, were, they were so mad. You know, there's a bar in, in the way now, and, and, I, and they were so frustrated. They, they got together, and they started praying against the bar. And I, in Jesus' name, get rid of that bar. And if you can believe it, right before the bar opened, I mean, beautiful building, brand new building, lots of investment, lightning. And this is a true story, 20, uh, 2013, you can look it up, in Texas, 
only in Texas, right? Uh, lightning comes, strikes the, the bar, and it burns to the ground. And the crazy part of the story is that the bar owner takes the church to court, only in Texas. It says, these guys prayed against me, and lightning struck, and my church burned down. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the church is like, we didn't do anything wrong. So the judge, you know, they're before the judge, the bar owner is going to say, you know, it wasn't natural causes. It was divine causes. It's their fault. I want them to pay for my bar to be rebuilt. And the church is going, we didn't do anything. And the, the judge, the judge, this is the cute part. The judge says, hmm, I'm not quite sure how to judge this case because I've got a bar owner who believes in prayer and a church that doesn't. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Sometimes it is a belief issue, right? Sometimes why we're not receiving what we're asking for is because there's a belief issue, really. In fact, over and over again, Jesus says, according to what you believe, it will be done. And over and over again, Jesus is calling them to believe. You know, there's times where like Jairus' daughter dies and he looks at him and says, don't be afraid, just believe. Sometimes we are caught in a, in a crisis of belief. Sometimes there is a need to express greater Belief. In fact, the Bible says it this way. James, the brother of Jesus, says it this way. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. So there's this, there is this sense of, I'm not sure, the waffling. Lord, help my unbelief. He wants to help us. But it's possible that there is a faith element to why we're not receiving when we're asking. Oh, Andy, so, so what you're saying is, if I believe I can ask for anything and I can have it? Not exactly. Not exactly. Because there's another possible reason why you're not getting an answer to prayer. And that is that God, God may have something different in mind. And he's allowed to. He's God. He's moving all the pieces around. And he may have something else in mind. And this is what 1 John says. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, and here's the kicker, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. The kicker here is according to his will. And I, I'm just saying, I don't always know his will. I don't always know his will. And guess what? Sometimes his will is different than my will. And there's an acceptance that comes into this. I'm literally releasing you into the mystery of God. That he has plans that we don't know. And he is moving the pieces around in ways that we cannot fully understand. And so what this verse brings to us is the balance of exercising faith and not putting God in a box. And not saying, God, this is how you ought to do it. This is the way that it should be. And here's a thought for you. What seems like no answer might just be that God's answer is no. That is an answer, by the way. Every good father says no. No is a loving word, hard, but loving. And I think there's a place for us to just recognize that God knows infinitely more than we do. And so when Paul prays, 
God, take away this thorn in my flesh as he does in the Bible. Three times I prayed. And the response that I got from God was no. But my grace is sufficient for you. God says no, but I got you. No, but I'm with you. No, but you're going to be okay. I'm working a plan that you can't see. I'm moving pieces around in a way that you can't fully understand, but you can learn to trust me. So the big question that we're all left with is not why doesn't God answer my prayer, but what do I believe about prayer? Why am I praying? What's the point? What do I believe about prayer? And here's the deal. This is where it all comes down. This is the point of the message is that prayer, <laughs> prayer is as much, as much about God's will as it is about anything. It's much more about God's will than it is about my want. So much more. So much more. So when we we see the children of Israel in the bondage of Babylon way back in ancient times. And these three Hebrew children are asked to bow down and worship a statue. And they go, no, no, no. My God's not made of gold. My God made the gold. I don't worship things that are created. I worship the uncreated one. And he says, well, then we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And they say, you know what? <laughs> you can throw us in there. But our God can, can rescue us. The one we serve, he can rescue us. He can save us. And, and, and he, can, he can rescue us and make his name famous. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him. We're still going to serve him and we'll never serve your gods. There's a devotion here. There's, a, there's an ability to accept the will of God that leads us into blessing, into mystery, but into blessing. And, and just so I don't leave you on a cliffhanger, they do throw them in the fiery furnace, but God does save them and bring them out and the nation repents. God had a plan and it included a furnace. Sometimes God has a plan and it does include a furnace. Yeah, I'm really struck by that. When do I get off the train of trust? At what point do I stop trusting God when I don't get the result I want? Is that when? Boy, I sure hope not. Maybe the position for me is like, like the position that these guys took. And it's, I believe God can. And I'll even go so far as to say, I believe God will. But my third point is even if he doesn't, I'll still trust him. Let that be what's in my heart. Let that be what leads my faith. I'll still trust him. So when I ask for strength, God might give me difficulties, but that can make me strong, right? When I ask for courage, he might give me some really difficult circumstances that would help develop courage in me. You get the point. When I ask for wisdom, he's probably going to give me a problem to solve, isn't he, right? And these are all the outflow, the outworking of his will. But you know, truthfully, God may not give you what you want, 
but I'm confident he'll always give you what you need. And maybe what you need is a little more trust that he's doing something that you simply cannot understand. Pray with me, would you? Let's bow our heads together. And as we're praying, I just wonder if there's something in the message today that really speaks to you specifically. It says your your eyes are closed. You're just thinking, just closing yourself in with God. Maybe maybe you're able to identify, I've got some relational things I got to work out because that very well may be hindering my prayers. Maybe God wants to address motive for you. Receive that. Maybe it's a belief issue. I'm not quite sure if I believe that he'll do that. God wants to increase your faith. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Maybe it's God is doing something that you need to simply accept, submitting to his will, letting him work as only he can work. Receive from Jesus what you need today. Pick it up. Take it with you. We're your children, Lord. We're here to learn. So we pick up what we need today. Thank you for helping us. And just as we continue to pray, you know, there's one other place that we need to go. The truth is sometimes why we're not getting answers to prayer is because we're praying to a God we don't know. And so literally we're praying to the wind. (laughs) But Jesus invites us into relationship. And so maybe today you're here and you're saying, I'm ready for that. I feel God moving in my life. I'm here today and I'm open to what he has for me. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. That's what I want to do today. I want you to know that 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 yearning, that feeling that you have in your heart that's placed there by the Holy Spirit. He's drawing you because he loves you. And so if you're here today and you say, I do not have a living relationship with God, I want you to know that you can give your life to him today and begin that relationship. What we've been learning all day is that Jesus wants to help you to God because Jesus himself is God, came as God's son to reveal what God looked like. And so the Bible says, if anyone calls on that name, Jesus, they'll be saved. In other words, there is an eternal life for you, a home in heaven. So if you want to accept Jesus, I want to pray for you today. I don't want to single you out or embarrass you, but I would like to identify you just so I can pray for you. So here's what I'm going to do, along with many others in this room. If you're here today and say, I need to begin a relationship with Jesus. I know it's what I'm supposed to do today. I want to invite you just to raise your hand. Just lift it up. Thanks. Thank you. And once I've acknowledged it, you can just put it right back down. Who wants to join this one? Yes, over here, thank you and thank you. Who else? 
This is a safe place, friends. Anybody else say, yeah, up there, thank you. Thank you. I want to accept Christ today. Anyone else? I'm looking around the room, down here in the front. Thank you. Just looking across the room. Anybody else saying, this is my moment. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Beautiful. So Lord, I I pray for those who have lifted up their hands. Thank you. And maybe some that were here that just are feeling you move in their lives but are just not quite ready to respond. Maybe they should have lifted their hand, but they didn't. That's okay. Lord, you know what's going on in every heart and every life. And so we pray, Jesus, that you would move across this room, reveal yourself, be made real in people's lives. May they accept the mystery of a God who actually loves them and is real and wants to be in their lives. Lord, visit them in special ways. Warm their hearts with your goodness and your presence and allow them to experience your grace as they let go of all that was their life before and hold tightly to you and to a beautiful future with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.